All right, welcome back to the I'm There podcast, guys. I'm your host, Freyway. I'm here with my co-host, Kenny. And we mm. have returning special guests and friends to the podcast, Chris Lynn and Joe Dietrich. Uh, we are talking about the new ban list that Konami just dropped yesterday. And this one was quite a fucking doozy. Honestly, this is one of the craziest ban lists I've seen since 2013 Dragon Rulers. Like, it is absolutely absurd. The number of things that they actually touched that were problematic i think a lot of people are surprised about the Yu-Gi-Oh community was completely shaken up yesterday and that is still seeping out into today tuesday as we're recording this uh and this podcast will actually probably drop tonight just because that's how we usually do it with these emergency meetings but yeah this one was was wild i mean i don't even know where to start like is this the i guess okay i have a question to kind of kick this off i also and, have a small question too to follow you up but go right. ahead the question to kick this whole podcast episode off is do you guys think chris and joe you both play modern Yu-Gi-Oh. you're both going to vegas and everything uh for the ycs do you guys think that this could be a good time to return to modern Yu-Gi-Oh? yeah 100 percent. i actually talked to one of my friends uh this morning who hasn't played in like six months mm-hmm. i was like he doesn't know what any of the sprite or tier cards do i was like this is like a really good chance the That's only thing you have to really learn is like the cash deck yes because um, that is going that. to be obviously very good because it doesn't have any of its cards touched right yeah it's just i would like, agree expensive now because you think so as well i think so too yeah i never i never i never i haven't thought about that at all but i agree yeah yeah like it's, as someone um, who's been out the game i've been out of it for six plus years at this point it's 2023 now i stopped playing around 2016 beginning of 2017 maybe uh so it's been a very long time for me as well and granted i am fully not committed to playing modern Yu-Gi-Oh still but and i've been really into edison as you guys can see from the youtube channel me just putting out so much youtube uh content lately especially edison content and stuff and i'm really enjoying that but i do have a soft spot for modern Yu-Gi-Oh, which is why we continue to cover it when these bandlists come out just to kind of keep the community up to date on what players are, are thinking and how people are feeling and just to discuss some of the things that Konami's doing with their business, because this was, this was crazy. Like honey, honey wrote a status on Facebook saying, since I've been playing Yu-Gi-Oh, this is the craziest ban list I've ever seen. And it's not close. Like, yeah. 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 And somebody it's interesting. Cause saying, like I was, um, oh, go oh, ahead. Yeah. no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, I was talking to my friend about how, like, so I have a friend that's also going to Vegas, uh, who's very sad. Uh, Steve Gleason is very sad about this ban list because he was super hyper getting, uh, he was getting very prepared for Vegas, right? Yes. Um, and we were well past where you could expect the format to change right before we fly to Vegas. Vegas um, is next week, correct? Yes, it's next weekend. So yeah. literally... And <laughs> yeah, like completely like pulling the rug yeah. by by that's, Konami that's for no Edison reason. Card. That's a real Edison card too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he got caught by that counter trap immediately. Yeah. I want to say it, real quick, Regardless of whether or not the ban list is good or bad, I don't know, obviously, yet I'll hear more from you guys. Changing a ban list a week before a major tournament, or changing anything about a format a week before a major tournament is just so cancer. Like, that is <laughs> goofy. Yeah. It's so goofy. It's um, become really common, too. It has. I was going to say, has. Kenny. It absolutely has. It has actually become so normal that if I were a modern player, I would expect things like this to happen. Uh, yeah, so I that did. Doesn't make Me it and my, my team did. Yes, and that doesn't make it okay. Yeah. Right? Like I'm not saying that because yeah, I know yeah. there are people who will defend. For some reason, they'll like defend Konami or de- or defend in general. I just think it's weird when people defend corporations too much. 
Like, yeah. mm. I think that that is just always a weird stance to take because corporations tend to be very business minded and they don't really care too much about the feelings of the people. Uh, that, we see that all the time, but some for some reason, people will just go out of their way to defend them. So I'm not, I want to make it clear. I am not defending the fact that they released yeah. ban lists a week before. Or the other thing that I hate, and this one I think I might hate a little bit more, is when they release a product that literally becomes legal the Friday before a oh, watch. Yeah, I, yes. I do not absurd. like that. I, and they do that very That's common. Absurd. Like that actually for the last YCS, I'm pretty sure for the last YCS, the product came out and was legal like that Friday. Yeah, and like then the event day. was t- tomorrow. Like it was sat- it was that Saturday. Yeah, so like, like yeah. to give an example, I mean, the difference here is that Konami is a business. And like you said, like they're trying to make money. So if they release a thing that Friday, like you got to buy it. Yes. But uh, like in a fighting game tournament, like if you play insert fighting game, and there's a tournament on Saturday, and the DLC character comes out Friday. Like he's not legal for that yes, tournament. Yes, correct. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's yeah, really like, yeah, I think I would say that the the difference here, I think, is because uh, Yu-Gi-Oh is a game that relies heavily, especially in this country, uh, in this segment of it, on like social media presence. Yeah. So I think there's like a weird thing that's happened with card games that started with Yu-Gi-Oh and like led to MTG Arena, where like the more hype specific cards and interactions are the more people start talking about it so like konami gets more value out of an ftk existing than they do from an ftk not existing for example so then like doing stuff like this lets them prove that the things they did are exciting and it doesn't matter if they're good or not it just matters if people talk about them a lot so then like because of all this happening vegas will be a fun stream to watch right that's true like for all the people that are not going to vegas this was this is like the reason they're going to watch the stream when they weren't going to so like there's only good business things coming out of them doing this vegas will be a good tournament to watch i do have a counter argument that i want to bring up about what you just said though but vegas will be very interesting because it's going to be the first event under a new ban list and that's always no matter how toxic the ban list was no matter how uh, recent the ban list came out anytime you have a new ban list and there's a ycs following it that that tournament is going to be one of the best period because a lot of the good players are going to do well because change just does that naturally uh the people who are not as good at Yu-Gi-Oh tend to get uh easier chances at topping the longer format goes on because they get to practice with the best players built and then they can actually beat the best players sometimes with their own creations but when it's the first tournament of a new list it's like the people who are not very good deck builders, the people who are not very good in technical play and interactions and understanding them from the gate, they're going to struggle a bit until all the YouTube content comes out, until all of the matchup content comes out. And then it's like, oh, that's how you correctly play the tier elements mirror match and stuff like that. Um, yeah. On the counter right. to that, though, while it is exciting for a YCS, which is only one small part of Konami's business, it is yeah. really fucking awful for when you, you brought up specifically FTKs to exist and not to exist. Mm-hmm. They kill locals, like yep, I yeah. I guess locals I guess that's true. get de- like the and I, and I mean so my local car store because I can only speak to really mine, but I do know of others as well because I have to be that- fair. We went to like four different locals. There was three AUs and red caps. Yes, so like yes. that's a that's we, we a, have a so it's not like it's one local store. It's like the, right. the and it's still four in the grand scheme of things, but it's still the the presence of like what we've seen in the community of four different yes, locals. That is true. Philadelphia does have quite a lot in the surrounding area. And like I've seen all of them die whenever formats for example, our locals for the last month, two months has been really dead because of the, the yep. tier element deck. It has been so freaking dead at AU these last two months that I had a bunch of people come over 
to my apartment around Christmas time. And I even had one of my friends, uh, a true hero, Cairo, he came from Korea to just like visit his family in the United States and stuff like that. And he was expecting like to go to locals that I, I've been talking about it for months because we play Edison format at my local as well as modern. And literally there would not have been a tournament if it wasn't for all the people who came to my house that are all like my friends. There wouldn't have been an Edison tournament that day or any tournament that day because the modern tournament didn't even have enough people to really start. It was so bad. Like mm-hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh has just been really, really dead at locals for the last couple of months because of tier elements being blatantly just the best deck and like yeah you could play flow you could play like your bestial sprite decks and stuff but you're just coping like you are actually just coping the tier elements deck it wins every single ycs hands down like it's just not so it's it's one of those things where on one hand yes it's exciting it's exciting from a viewer standpoint and for social media and stuff like that like oh this is crazy did you see these cards did you see this combo that just came out but from a actual small business standpoint i feel bad for locals when konami has a format oh actually so when i say ftk i guess i wasn't clear enough i was specifically talking about bad ftks so actually i was specifically talking about like things that like you auto win but that, that are fun to watch but that aren't actually good or aren't actually tested yet it's like stuff that's new right Okay. Because here is too good. It's a yes. different kind of thing. Yeah, it's, like it's different from Dragon like a fun... In 2013, yeah. Dragon Rulers killed AU. Like, it killed my local. Mm-hmm. I remember yep. I had the Dragon Rulers. Now, this is, it was actually multiple reasons why that happened, though. So, Dragon Rulers was expensive because Draco Sacks were 120 to 150, maybe. I think at some point they did drop down to like 100 bucks. Big Eyes were also anywhere from 70 to 100 bucks each. And uh, these cards fluctuate throughout. Also, Spellbook of Judgment was 120 at one point. Maybe it dropped down to 100. Uh, and then th- those were just some of the cards you needed. You also needed like all of the actual dragons that were rares, but people weren't parting with them. I remember at one point the dragons, the actual dragon rulers were like seven to ten dollars each. You needed three of every single one of them. So a lot of cards in the deck were expensive. And a lot of people couldn't afford it. Like that just it is what it is. Like people just could not afford it. But on top of that, even the people that could afford it, right? It just gets to a point where you're only playing mirror matches or you're playing against some other deck that's super toxic and comes with all of this pre-sided cards against you, uh, which is the you know, jogging the spiritualist and shit like that, right? Like the spellbook deck. And it just made it not a very fun format for people who do not want to be forced to play just two decks. And so it kind of kills your scene because people yeah. do not want to sit down and play only two decks now the good players don't usually mind like we will just struggle we're toxic we will just take whatever happens and we will roll with the punches and just play Yu-Gi-Oh! regardless for the most part like some people do quit or take a break but for the most part the good players will just stick to it and say fuck it this is what the game is right now it does suck that this is the game right now but they just weather the storm for the sake of competition and go with it but you can't sustain a community on just competitive players it's not possible and that goes for any game that i've ever been a part of or watch like it's just not possible to only have competitive people and like top players to sustain your game you need casual people to be able to play you need the people who can play their like I don't know, Sword Soul deck still, or like they want to play Tri Brigade still, or wh- whatever it is, right? Like Sword these soul. decks are not playable right now because of tier elements. And we're talking about as of February 7th, 2023, where tier elements are still completely legal at three of everything. Uh, you, like Sword Soul can't deal. Like it just can't, like you can't really deal, right? So it's those people just get ostracized. And that's kind of my rant there. But yeah, so yeah. like kind of going back to the point where you said about like uh, there being a new list and like, being very popular for the stream and a lot of viewers uh i just like i don't know if i agree given the fact that we're having leon 
this weekend, and that event is definitely going to be streamed. I just feel like they should have, if that was their goal, they should have made the list last weekend or last week. Yeah. So it was legal for Leon. Because I was uh, yesterday or the day before, I was in Orlando with uh, Hani and Kamal and uh, Philip Campa and like the side deck people because there was a Pokemon regional. Yeah, I saw that and, on Facebook. Yeah, we were all talking about just like um, Leon and like tier combos and like all that cool stuff. And now the fact that like I know Hani and them have been preparing for so long to play you know infinite tier mirrors you're only going to be able to do it for one event yes and then you know vegas is completely different so it's just it puts a lot of strain on like players like that that are going to be going to you know back-to-back premiere events they have to learn yeah. two completely different formats you're right i did forget i i keep forgetting that there is that mexico one yeah, yeah, already. yeah i do keep forgetting this about weekend that. and silverman because he's the Crazy. only person i know from my local who's going but silverman's been talking about mexico for a very long time now and he said i'm going from mexico to vegas and so he's been practicing different you know tear elements and flow because those are the two decks and he's been practicing those decks and it's only correct for one of them and i, I messaged him this morning and said what are you going to do about about vegas because you don't have much time to prepare you're technically on a two-week vacation like if you're going from mexico to vegas and he said he's going to be in Vegas, I think, at the beginning of next week. So right after the YCS, is travel to Vegas, and he's going to be in Vegas the whole week of the YCS, basically. So he's going to be there. And obviously, when you're in Vegas, you want to just like enjoy yourself and have fun. But because they changed the format so drastically, I'd argue that if you're actually trying to do well at, at the Vegas YCS with your team, and then... So I, I'd argue that if you want to do well, you kind of have to forego some of the fun that you would have by testing. Yep. And then on yeah, top absolutely. of that, you're pressured because you're doing, it's a team event. So if you went to Vegas, right, and it was a regular YCS where you're by yourself, you could say, fuck it, I'm just going to have fun. And no one else is hurt by you saying that. It's actually uh-huh. kind of annoying that it's a team event when this ban list is taking place and it's right before like uh, an event. Because if you don't want to really participate, if you don't take it that seriously, but then two other people are on your team, they're relying on you. And it's just really like, I can just imagine, and this is all hypothetical, right? Like this, I'm not speaking for Silverman or his team or anything like that. I'm saying that hypothetically for anyone going, if somebody's like, well, that ban list just fucked me up. I don't have the new cards. I don't have the money to like, I don't know, buy all the, I wasn't planning on playing cash Terra. I had my tier elements deck already. They just banned my fucking entire deck. Essentially. Like I don't, if you're, if you're one of those people, you kind of, it, it kind of screws with a lot of people. I feel like in this event, this is, this is crazy. Like this is actually crazy. Yeah. At the same time, what's wild is like to what Chris said, it's that old adage, like uh, all publicity is good publicity, like even bad publicity. Yep. It's like, it they fucking dropped this ban list and now everybody's talking about it and so oh, it probably yeah. will it probably will help yeah. the stream numbers mm-hmm. and like competitors be damned. So something I want to say coming, I think because this is like a competitive Yu-Gi-Oh focused uh, podcast. Something I want to add um, is that it feels like, and I don't, I haven't you know browsed the internet that much to be completely yeah. sure about this point, so I might be wrong, but I feel like the general public is very happy this happened. Uh, yes. The majority of Yu-Gi-Oh players do not know when YCS Vegas is anyways. They're just happy to see yes. that they don't have to play against tier anymore. They can go back to locals. Everyone, I, all the casual players I know are like, finally, I can go to locals. People you... have been messaging me for like all night. Um, and those people that did not know Vegas was happening are going to say, wow, I wish I could watch a tournament with this format. And they only have to wait a week to do it. Yes. Um, so... And for me, it's that simple. 
I can speak to what you're saying with no actual analytical or research data whatsoever, because I just know how people are in this community from being in it for like 20 years at this point. Uh, you were right, though. There, There is a really big group of people who saw that list and rejoiced, right? Like a lot of the I was one of them. A lot of the competitive players saw the list and were like, this is scuffed. Like, this is not okay. Uh, what yeah. the fuck, Konami? Because they're going to Vegas and it really puts a damper on any vacation plans they might have had. Now they got to scramble for cards. And now you also have to figure out what the deck is. Because that's the, the biggest question is what even is the new deck? Like, what is the best deck by far? Because whoever has it, this is the time where if you or have winning, the right yeah. deck, you're just going to win the fucking tournament. It's it's not going to yeah. come down to how technical skill, how technically skilled you are, how much you can outplay your opponent. If your deck is just really good for Vegas and you, your whole team is on it, and the other people in the room are just not, you're blatantly going to be in the finals of that tournament. Period. Like that is just Actually, what I is just, going to happen. I was just saying this to Steve the uh, yesterday night. Um, I or actually no, this morning I said because uh, we were we were talking about it, and it was just like the point was made that. Uh, the format is very quickly going to. This is a deck build. The focus shifted away from gameplay and into deck building real fast and like a lot. Yes. Um. Yeah. And like, I think the whole format's going to feel that way for a while, um, because of how many things that the shufflers specifically were keeping down from being viable. Yes. Um, That's another thing. Those cards literally kind of stymie deck building in a way. Like. Yeah, so it wasn't the tier cards, I think, because there was a long time where tier was at almost near full power. I mean, without rule close, but like, yeah. and it wasn't, it was tier zero, but it wasn't like depressingly tier zero, you know, like I wasn't <laughs> in physical keyword. pain. Yeah. Like since, since this ban list has come out, I have been in an overall better mood in my actual real life. And I won't, <laughs> I don't want to make any points about why that is. I just want to <laughs> say that that is true. Yeah. I want to ask real quick. Uh, you know, I don't follow the cards that come out and everything, but every time I've heard people talk about the tier deck and the current format before this, it seemed like the people we had on the podcast in general liked the format because it was like a very skill intensive format. So, yeah, I guess that's just kind of all I have to say is like, were people still before this list, were people still happy with where it was? Did new cards come out to make it less skill intensive? Was it a less good format? I don't know. I think um, according to what, what Fraser. Oh, yeah. OK, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, basically, I would say that uh, it's pretty skill intensive. Um, the just the craziest thing about the mirror is it's one of the least forgiving mirrors I've ever played. Whereas, like, if you make one small mistake and you don't like sequence your chain link correctly, you don't play around X card, or like you just like do something in an incorrect sequence, like you get punished and you lose the game. You have to play completely perfectly for all 11 rounds and all of Top Cut. And that's why you see people like Jesse and Hani like winning consistently mm. because it's just I, like ridiculous. I heard the exact same thing from uh, a guy at our local. So Kenny Leon, he was uh, playing at AU a couple weeks ago uh, and the format has been exactly the same for weeks now. So he's, he's playing at locals a couple weeks ago. And I remember he uh, I said, did you win your last round? And he said, no, I actually lost a tear mirror. And I said, what happened? And he said, I made one small misplay and I lost. He's playing against Matt Mano, actually. And I was like, what was it? Uh -huh. He kind of explained it to me. And I said, wow, that's actually so small. And he was like, yeah, and that cost me the game. And we didn't have a discussion on that. We didn't go too far into like, oh, that one small misplay cost you the game. But when he said, I said out loud, wow, that's actually super small. And it literally lost him the entire game, he said. And so I agree with what Joe was saying, or I could corroborate a little bit with his story of like, 
the the mirror match is very unforgiving i've all i've heard that a lot and it's very skill intensive to the point where you do have to kind of play perfectly every round in order to make it like the reason why jesse cotton keeps making it to the finals of every tournament is one obviously he's a really good player but also because people just make misplays and like the misplay could be very 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 small and that separates you from one of the best players ever like hmm. it's it, so yes to answer your overarching question like is this a skill intensive format from what we see of the people who are topping and winning alone, like that told me everything I need to know because the people who are topping and winning the last like seven YCSs are all people I already know. In fact, yeah. Kenny, they're all people that we've had on the show. Do you know? After- so that, that's, that's kind of what I was asking too. Cause yeah. also uh, earlier in the episode. And once again, this is me not really knowing anything. Uh, somebody, I don't remember who mentioned that, like some problematic cards got hit on this list. And so my, basically my overall question was like, did people view the good players, at least? I know the casuals are tired of playing against a yeah. tier zero deck, but did the the good players view the format before the span list as problematic? Hmm, now that's, uh, a, that's a slightly different question. Uh, yeah, skill so intensive I, and problematic are actually two different things, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And skill intensive, yes, I know that for a fact. Problematic, prob- I would say probably, but I hear mostly people complain about things like Abyss Dweller. Like that was the main, yeah, so, that was the main mm-hmm. thing I heard. But go ahead, uh, Chris. Compared to Releaser of Rituals, Dweller is not even close to a big problem. Okay. Uh, so that that's like, if that makes any sense. Compared to the Jin and Necroz format, it's not close to okay. being as much of an issue in the mirror match. Um and and on that note, I think it's actually it is just for sure one of the more it is it the mirror match resolves based on a skill-based interaction so frequently and so often. Um I think it's a it's a very good competitive format for sure. I am surprised they took it. I honestly thought it would be something like this going into nationals, uh, regardless of what they did, because I feel like normally they try to make more skill-based uh, formats for nationals and then make it crazy right after. Um, but I, I, I would imagine, and for all the competitive players I know, they were very happy and they were having a lot of fun, um, having like very solid ground to stand on, uh, preparing for an event where you can like rely, you can like blame yourself for the mistakes and like uh, not get screwed by a complete random variance that you can't find a deck building solution to. Um, but on that point as well, when I first played Dragon Ball Super, the card game, I went to a local and my first thought was, this game is too skill-based. No one's going to like it. That's a good observation. That's <laughs> Yeah, that's how games work because it stops yeah. being a game. Yep. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like what, what separates a game from a competition, like from a sport. It's too much of not a game. Yep. Uh, there's no fun like left to be had. A lot, a yeah, lot of yeah, people like, don't like that. There are people who are yeah. lunatics like me who enjoy like really competitive, grindy things. But then I even have a cap where I'm like, I don't have the bandwidth to keep up with this. Example being because in my life, I really like Smash Bros, right? Like, I, I love Super Smash Bros. It's one of my favorite things. I, I, was, a, I was around when the very first game came out. That's how old I am. And Melee is the most technical smash game it's one of the most technical fighting games period right like ever it is one of the most technical fighting games the actual um button presses per per second that you're doing per minute is extremely high and micro like micro decision making right like micro things that you do in melee matter so angling your shield diing uh l canceling like it's so many things so many tiny micro things and just how we talked about in the mirror match with the tier elements like one small thing 
you lost that entire game. Like the, the tempo is now gone. You're now getting zero to death or whatever. Or you're just getting combo into the point where you're in a disadvantage state and then you lose your stock. And then at least you obviously those those types of things lead to you losing the match. And I wanted to be competitive at that game for a very long time. And I realized at the same time while I was being competitive in Yu-Gi-Oh and like topping YCSs and trying to top YCSs and trying to like do well in all these different Yu-Gi-Oh things. I just didn't have the ability to do more than one. Like it, Melee takes a tremendous amount of effort and time to put into it and a skill set that I don't even have. Like card games are one thing because I'm a, I think I'm a pretty smart guy in general. Like I, I think that it does help that I am a fairly intelligent human being. So playing card games where like thinking is required, it helps me to a large degree. I also noticed that a lot of the better players tend to be usually people who are pretty smart overall, I would say. And then in Great. games like Melee, it's a lot of like muscle memory and rep- repetition. Like you have to, you in both games, you have to play a lot. But in Melee, it's literally like a skill that I, I did not have. And even right now, like I don't possess the skill of my fingers need to move at a, at a speed that I am just not able to do yet. And that's just going to take a lot of practice and a lot of dedication, a lot of hours put into it before I'm even able to, to like touch you know, a top eight at a melee tournament, right? Like how many years would it take before I can top eight? Cause if I play anything, I'm a, per- I'm the type of person that I don't want to play a game and not be competitive in it. I don't want to like half-ass it. So if I were to pick up Digimon TCG or Pokemon, I don't want to just half-ass it. I'm just not that kind of guy. I would want to be in the top cut and that requires a lot of effort. And it gets to a point where certain games that people create, and this is kind of like a tangent at this point, but like certain games are just so skill intensive that that is a barrier for a lot of people like i'd rather be a spectator for things like melee and even ultimate now because ultimate also is just like extremely skill intense because the same fucking guy keeps winning everything so that that tells you everything you need to know right there like it's like one person who wins 90 percent of all tournaments there's they're being won by one guy and uh that is that is a good thing for for like competitive people in that sense but it's not good for a casual who's like i want to get into this but like the barrier of yeah. entry is you need to put in your 10,000 hours else you're not going to crack a top eight ever. <laughs> and that's just the reality of it. And some people are like, I don't, I'm, I'm good on that. Yeah. Uh, okay. We haven't actually talked about what's on the ban list and we are almost 30 minutes in. So I guess let's <laughs> talk about what's actually on the ban list. So starting with the forbidden cards, we have artifact scythe, barrier statue of the storm winds, Tier Laments, Kit Kalos, and Sprite Elf. The first thing that sticks out to me, obviously Kit Kalos, but I don't want to talk about that yet. I want to talk about Barrier Statue. statue? The, uh, yeah. I knew it. I want we to talk just, about that. just talking about the statue like a couple weeks ago. Yes. The reason why is because I have to ask Joe and Chris, is this the end for Flo? Like, is that the nail in the coffin? Is that no. enough to nope. just put Flo in the coffin? I think Flo's going to become a cool deck that I actually don't hate. I think that's what's going to happen. What do you mm. think, Joe? It's like... I think it's probably the end, honestly. Like, yeah, it's the, different opinions. I love it. The, the issue, like, Fight. with the deck is like you just don't have a flood anymore. That's what made the deck super mm-hmm. cringe. Uh, like, well, I think Flunder... we have... Go ahead, bro. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna say, I think we have different perspectives because when I say a cool deck that I don't hate, I mean it won't be the best deck ever for a deck whose only way of being the best deck is being super cancerous. Whereas you're saying it, it won't be good anymore because it won't be a tier one deck anymore. I, I agree that it won't be a tier one deck. anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think it'll be tier one. I, I'm like a little biased because I think Flunder is like one of the most unhealthy decks ever. <laughs> I can't uh, imagine a deck is good for the game yeah. at yeah, all. I, agree. I cannot. I agree. And it's because I've watched, I've watched 
some of the best players to ever touch Yu-Gi-Oh get fucking steamrolled by flow by someone I, that knows nothing. I mean, steam rolled. They could if they could pick their next three cards, it would not change a thing. Like it's mm-hmm. bad when that deck wins. It has like plus infinite on you, and it just has you in such a situation that you'll never get out of it. Like there's no amount of cards that you could have that would get you out of a situation. And I hate that. And it reminds me of Domain Monarchs from 2016. It's the exact yes, yeah. same yeah. feeling of like, why does my opponent have actual plus five? But it's not just a card advantage. It's also I can't play. Like Domain's on the field. There's like double Monarch. There's a Stormforth set, and he has a, a Aether in hand. So no matter what mm-hmm. I do, right? Like I could pick my hand, and I can't play around this situation. It's like that bad. That's how I feel about flow. Um, but th- the statue is gone now. And from what you guys told me, I think in our last podcast, I-, I think I'm getting this from our last podcast, or maybe it was someone else. We've done a lot of you get interviews at this point, but there was a episode that we did where somebody was talking about like there is a raid raptor or something, or some kind of uh yes, mecha yep. phantom beast, something that Astro was gonna summon it too. Barrier statue of the storm. Yeah, hundred percent they were gonna summon it too. It with level sevens, right? Oh, the cash thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. So that's not some happening part now. of the room would be doing that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm glad. What's funny is that the um, I already saw a Facebook post. Apparently, if you act, you can small world Rabino away to banish an M pen from your deck to get the water barrier statue. They oh, already. Yeah. Started. <laughs> oh no! Not like this. Well, in so I think it was when we had uh Rolo on. I think Roland. Rolo, uh, that's his name, right? Rolo, Roll- I'm saying that right. Rolly, 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 Rolo, whatever. He's a candy now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Not you being old. <laughs> but I think it was him that was on when we were talking about the barrier statue. Yes, and he it was, was like, it was. and he was like, we shouldn't ban all of them yet because like they haven't done anything yet. And you were like, we already know was we already know what it does. We should just ban all of them now. And yes. now Chris is here saying that like there's already another deck that can find out how to summon the water one. It's like what the fuck? No, it's blue underies. They're trying to. I mean, it's not good, but they're really trying to. Like yeah. it's just funny that the, the post got my my whole point that with they that was it. I was saying that there are several barrier statues. There's one for every element basically, and. I think that once you ban one, now it's funny because now we're looking at it, Konami only banned one. I think it's kind of stupid to only ban one of these because they literally all do the same thing. And you're just waiting for another elemental deck to come out that can just play a different barrier statue and summon it consistently on turn one and just be cancerous for the game. Like we brought up the fire one. At some point that will be playable, just hypothetically. At some point, the fire barrier statue will rule Yu-Gi-Oh! Or if it doesn't rule it, because Fundaries doesn't like rule the format, but Fundaries is a huge part of the current format as of right now, before the ban list goes into effect next week, like Flunderies, because of Barrier Statue of the Stormwinds, it is a threatening deck. It also does, for what it's worth, because I, I, I don't want to make it sound like I don't respect Flow, that deck gets to the finals of like almost every tournament too, like low-key, high-key. Yeah. Flow is in the finals of like every single YCS. And if not the yeah. finals, like top four, but it's been in the finals of multiple YCS now. So it's very close to just actually, like honestly... I want to say that at least one of those tournaments by now should have been won by Flow, but you know, either the players. So are it's weird because doing st- stuff wrong so, or whatever. Yeah, stuff just going wrong. Um, probably it might just be stuff going wrong. The last one I saw against uh, Chris LeBlanc was literally just he bricked twice, and like his, his opponent was apparently notoriously not good. I don't know if he was or not. I don't have any yeah, first no information about that. Uh, I, against but, against LeBlanc, like uh, the dude threw. Yeah, like, I heard oh, that he, he played by duality and saw. Yeah, Chris talked him into it. Yeah, the evenly matched. And Chris oh, I love this, when they Chris, talk him into it. Chris said it on this podcast, I believe. He said yeah. that uh, that's so awesome. He, he played duality, 
he saw Rabina and evenly matched, and Chris said, "Oh, you get Rabina, right?" And then like the guy, oh my god, did he really say that? That's yeah. what he god, that's so broken. What that's a freaking that's, that's so awesome. Podcast, Good for, that's that's the best. I love that. Yeah, but um, so that's... I, Rabin, Yeah, I I do think actually Stormwinds is the most important one to ban. Um, I do think that because it's a the thing about the bear statues that makes them different from Fossil Dina is that the the potential for the difference in game states between the players is the most because it lets one player special summon if they're playing that attribute. So then if you look at that and you're like, which attribute sucks the most? Like the least people are playing it, the least outs exist inside of it. It is win. It's like only Castell, for example. Well, Fire, like there's in the other attributes, there's de- there's more, there's a higher chance of your opponent just playing cards in that attribute. But there's like no wind monsters in, in like the whole game. So while They're that's true, terrible. while that's true currently, I think it's easy to say that now. Like, I guess I, that's fair. I, yeah. ag- I agree with what you're saying that yes, the the wind one is by far the best one now. My whole thing is the fire one will eventually, and this is hypothetical. The fire one will eventually be problematic because fire also fucking sucks. Like currently, yeah, yeah we, that's we, fair. At one we, point, dragoonities were real. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Like fire, fire is awful right now. From what I, from what I'm seeing in people's decks, I don't the think new dinosaurs are fire. The new, yeah, exactly. That, so, so then, what are we going to be talking about in six months? Barrier statue of the fucking blazing <laughs> flames, and like, I don't know. It just seems weird to ban one of these, and then you're just going to have another format where, even if it's not the best deck, it's going to be so annoying to play against a deck that can summon barrier statue of whatever the fire one's called, and you have to sit there and look at that shit. And your deck is not going to be fire because, again, who the hell is playing fire? outside of you know the one deck right like flow is the one win deck right now telemets is mostly water and dark i think and then like yeah water and dark are the main things that that deck plays um mm-hmm. it's just kind of annoying it, it's i don't know it, we, we'll i mean see. that's normal right we know that's normal yeah. we we still have freaking pain and soldier just waiting for a new way to search it all the time yes still trying to be problematic in the cut but that i just wanted to ask you guys what your opinion was on where flow is without barrier statue because they didn't touch anything else from the flunderies deck right like that yeah that i agree that that deck hit. is cool that deck has no way of being good without being very very problematic and uh i think it actually has a chance it's it can be a very good tier two deck it's like a tier two deck that's like relatively healthy i think now i am so surprised that losing this one car is actually that crippling i cannot like like, if they took jaugen from spellbooks and nothing else think of it that way okay oh that's that's actually a really good so it's still good it's just not the end of the world you won won. you won um like (laughs) and it still has like a lot of cool things it can do like when we're getting this new uh the triple tactics card in the new set. Yes, yeah, uh, the, the thrust. Uh, you can like thrust for Featherstorm, which is <laughs> you know, so wild. fun and cool. Um, and like that. also the the other uh, big kid. bird is like really good against Kashira Snow. I think is what mm. it's called. So, so like got, it has like a good cash and we got thrust and uh I'm a child, so this is just <laughs> something about this conversation is so funny to me right now. But yes, I get what you're but saying. Like, you know? Yeah. The people that pop with blue underies from here on out will will ha- will be doing something cool and will be exercising game knowledge to get there. Yeah. It won't just be like I got them again. Like it won't it won't be that anymore. I hope. Up, I hope I'm not proven wrong. Thrust, Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, how good do you guys think that card actually is? Like, be honest. Do you think Thrust is okay. actually like... So, pre-ban list, I thought it wasn't very good. Okay. Post-ban list, I think it gets a lot better. Um, 
If you look at like some of the decks that are like playable right now uh, in the new format, we have like mm-hmm. stuff like Sword Soul, uh, the branded Despia deck, Cash Tira, um, and the Thrust card allows you just get some of your best cards in the deck. You can like search branded Fusion, you can search Emergence, uh, you can search like Terraforming in the Cash deck to get the Field spell. Uh, it becomes like super strong. Uh, and like beforehand, I think it was okay. Like, you could search Instant Fusion and then Tear Mirror or something like that. Yeah. But a lot of people were going to be, like, moving away from Bistrals. So at least, like, my group was talking a lot about that. Um, and just playing stuff like Super Poly and, like, maxing out on the Miller cards. Um, so it would make the Thrusting card dead a lot more often. But now that, like, the game seems to be, I guess, aside from the Cash Tira deck. But, like, they still activate Monster Effects in your turn. Uh, like, like, interacting, I think the card gets a lot better. Okay. So for people who don't know... Uh, triple attack next thrust. I'm just going to read the card effect just so we have it on the podcast, but it's a spell card, a normal spell. It says if your opponent has activated a monster effect during this turn, set one normal spell or trap directly from your deck, except this card, of course, or if your opponent controls a monster, you can add it to your hand instead. That set card cannot be activated this turn. You can only activate one triple attack next thrust uh, per turn. So basically what it says is, if your opponent activated a monster effect, you can search your deck for any normal spell or trap and then set it. But if your opponent controls a monster, go straight to your hand and you can activate it if it goes straight to your hand because it only says that this set card can't be activated this turn. But if, you're, if your opponent for some reason has a monster on the field as well, you get to just add like evenly matched or triple tactics talents to your hand or like lightning storm, whatever, whatever you want at the time. Uh, you can add it straight to your hand if they control a monster, which is really good against a card like Havness because Havness not only does it activate on your on your turn but like it puts itself on the field right so right. uh that yep. is like a perfect this is a perfect card if somebody nibiru's you or have this is you or whatever the case may be because they end up having something on the field uh which the end of it. not to be understated as far as i know maybe there's something someone found so far but the entire cashier deck no all of its plays from the worst ones to its best ones all lose to a regular dark hole specifically and i don't know <laughs> Uh, some of the some of their best plays only lose to dark hole, but it does. They do lose to dark hole, so that's another factor in this. That they like half activate monster effects. It's because they give you like a monster that says you can't special summon, and you have to be able to clear your own field too. Oh, okay. Play. Yeah, kind of like Ibli. I think that was a little. It, cool. it is. It's literally Ibli. Oh. It is Ibli. They <laughs> just run three Iblis, and then they just draw it and normal summon, <laughs> and then they just give it to you, and they're like, "Here you go. Here's your Ibli." It's like, "Oh, cool, thanks," and you like. Oh, it's very tilting. Oh, Fraser's like, kind of like, it, it's a card like, like, that's like Ibli, right? And he's like, no, it's yeah, just it's Ibli. Ibli. That, no, that's that is Ibli. What are we getting <laughs> I don't Ibli? know if I, Can we I'm not honest? sure if that's actually good, but it's known about. Oh, Can we get man. rid of that card, though? Because I feel like this is another one of those pending toxic <laughs> cards. Like, yeah. I feel like, yeah. I'm, I guess maybe I'm, I'm a guy who's so harsh about things that we already know are problematic, right? Like, so Chris LeBlanc won a YCS very recently with Ibli in his main deck, and he was giving people his fucking Ibli and winning. But before he did that, there was a whole period of time where people were doing that. So, like, Ibli has proven itself to be a toxic concept for actual years now. I'm pretty sure Ibli was around in Goki, right? Yes, 100%. Yeah, Goki played Ibli. Yep. Uh, Because the play was, like, you would bounce it back with Firewall and then normal summon it, and then summon something next to it, and you could finish, like, the whole... Like extra link. Yes. So mm-hmm. Ibli has been a problem since 2018. I just want to make that clear. It is now 2023. Ibli won yeah. a YCS in 2022, at the end of 2022. 
So I just, I, I don't know if Ibley is actually good. That's not the point. My thing is, if a card, first of all, it has a vanity's emptiness-like effect. I just think that cards like that in general, like, especially ones that are searchable and stuff like that, that's just insane. Like, what right. are we doing? Why are we, why are we giving it the chance to be, because the problem is with Ibley is that it's, it's going to always be either absolutely garbage or just insane. And no in between. It will never be like, oh, it's just okay. It's all it's always gonna be way too much or way too little. And I hate cards like that in general. Uh when they're I, when they're game winning like that. Also, yeah. like kinda wanna touch on like what you said, the uh, cash deck like loses the dark hole. So like it clears most of the board, but it doesn't clear the uh Shangri Loth card, which is the one that actually locks your zones. That's true. Yeah. And that one, so like you just detach a material and it doesn't die. So like that's why like people have been playing stuff like Book of Eclipse. Because like yeah, Book of Eclipse down. is the regular one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been hearing Book of Eclipse. But I, I only brought up Darkhold because you can't thrusting for it. Oh sure, um, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But okay, I do, we were, I do know yeah. what you mean. Yeah, we talking, Eclipse yeah. is the better one for sure. But you we can't search it; you just have to have it. Yep. That Unless you can't search it. Well, there's a weird thing about Eclipse too, because you can actually Eclipse. That ruling yeah. has never mattered before. It's one of my favorite weird rulings that I know about, and it's finally super important. Yeah, you can ash the whole thing because it's one big effect. That's very important, actually. What it the is hell? super important. It's so weirdly important. Yeah, because it says draw cards on the end phase, you can actually actually the entire card. That's wild, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to happen. I'm going to eclipse the password, but they're like, I have Ash. I'm like, oh, cool. Freaking not me. Yeah, yeah. How do we feel about Scythe finally being forbidden? Um, mm. It's like, it's it's cool, I guess. Uh, Scythe like, really wasn't yeah, an issue in the last format, right. just because yeah. of like all the Bistrals, so it's a light monster, you just banish it, or like mm -hmm. the Shufflers. Um, but you would still have like this frustrating instance where like you'd play against somebody playing Sanctum, and they would just Scythe you, and you, know, yes. you having Bistrals or Shuffles doesn't stop that. But yeah, I think it's... I'm like surprised they banned it now. Yes. Rather than it's, a couple it's, months ago. It's the least problematic it's been for a while. Yeah, and they decide to get rid of it now. But I, again, going I, if I'm using the same logic I've been using for other cards, I'm happy that they got rid of it at all. Just because if it's not necessarily that great now, it just will be later. And I, I mm -hmm. don't like if it were up to me, like Ibley would be here too, is what I'm saying. Sure, like, I, I'm glad that even though like Siphon Ibley may not be absolutely in everyone's deck right now, I just don't want them to be in the future either because there are cards that when they get. When they resolve, they kind of just win the game a lot of times. Like that's that's just the unfortunate part about it. Uh, your tournament can be over from a scythe or Ibley, and that's just kind of stupid. And I'm glad to see cards like that, especially since I think on this podcast, like this specific group of four people, we've talked about those like game effects with like Dweller and Scythe and stuff like that. Yeah. Like the that one, what's that one trap card? Harpy's Fever Storm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cards like that are just toxic. Like they're just not good for the game when they put a condition on the game like that that says you can't even play like at least with maxi like i know maxi gets a lot of shit for being able to like oh i can draw so many cards and just win and you can't but but at the very least like you can continue to do everything you want to do with maxi in effect whereas these other cards are like you can't play the game literally like you literally can't play there's zero chance you can win now like zero yeah. whereas i've you know obviously with maxi People have yep. lost after maxiing. Like that is a possibility. Yeah, I'm not that saying happens. that it's uh, yeah, yeah, it's a possibility. Like you could lose, whereas it's that's zero makes, when you get scythed. That does make maxi interesting. I I don't think the card should be legal. No, but that is not it what is interesting. I know, but yeah, and I, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. It is interesting though because it it is an interesting card design that it says like 
you play this card and it literally does nothing to stop your opponent. Your opponent can still do everything they want to do. Yep. Just every time they do it now, they, though they're giving you an advantage. And that is a better card design, probably, than just saying, like, your opponent doesn't get to play the game at all. Yeah. Featherstorm, I think, says your opponent can't use monster effects this turn. Like, that is ridiculous. Like, that's actually just one of the most ridiculous things I've ever read in a Yu-Gi-Oh card. It, it sure is. This turn, your opponent can't use monster effects. Like, what the actual fuck is that? <laughs> like, what is yeah. that? <laughs> that was so toxic, and that won a YCS as well. So, yeah. these cards that put these effects on a game, like Scythe and stuff like that, I'm good if every single one of them was on the balance. Like, I don't need Harvest Harvest Storm to wait another five years before it becomes a techable one-off that you can search in some random deck and just end the game on turn one like i don't need it to i don't need that to happen to be like okay it's finally time to get rid of it like it's already proven itself it's already won a tournament it's already it's also topped multiple tournaments as well like it's proven itself a lot of these cards have proven themselves so they can go to hell uh sprite elf is also on this list and this card is one of the feels ones that bad. It deserves <laughs> feels bad but deserves feels Ooh. so bad Okay. Uh oh, different opinions. Fight, fight. Talk about his mom. No, it, I, it feels bad. More than half the decks I wanted to play had an elf in them. Most of them were not sprite. It doesn't matter. That card's too much. Elf it's is broken, just too right? much. Like we're like to be elf clear, is out elf of control. Absolutely, but broken. it is sad. Like the I actually I have the same opinion about elf that I did about how the game was better with it. Uh, as crazy of a card as it is, it provided such an even advantage and leveled out so much variability. That I think the game was just better off with an elf in it. But I do understand why it's banned at the same time. I just like I could have seen it go to one, honestly. Yeah, I, I, I do agree. The, the ban, like mm-hmm. I don't know, Sprite's never really been the best deck, and even when Sprite was like supposed to be the best deck, tier just was. Yes. Uh, like I think it being at one takes away a lot of like the deck being able to grind, which is like how the Sprite deck like was able to like just do so well. Yeah. But, um, Elf is definitely a grind card, and I like. I have to agree. Yeah. I like any card that promotes like games going longer than one or two turns like it sprite elf literally when i saw people playing runic sprite a deck that literally doesn't win for several turns that was some good Yu-Gi-Oh to me like i actually enjoyed that yeah. uh and it looked pretty skillful overall it just seemed cool to see elves and like how important they matter and how you have to clear monsters and stuff like that and how elf has 1400 attack so that's a big factor because it's something that can get ran over very easily yep. uh, and it's in attack you know it's unlike monsters it's always in attack mode it's always able to be run over and then it also it's really interesting in time because it does have that low attack stat. It's in attack mode. And so that came up a lot. In fact, I think that um, Joshua Schmidt actually won a YCS with the Runic deck, but then also lost a YCS because of time with a Sprite Elf or something in attack mode. And it probably just got him like mm-hmm. peace. But that's that's neither here nor there. Just I like Sprite Elf because it's a grindy card. And I know it does obviously do more than just grind. Um, there are combos with it and stuff that are just yeah. toxic. But if it's at one... It's not yeah, as ridiculous as when it's at three, because most most people end up summoning more than one more than one sprite elf in a game, and that's just like yeah, it's ridiculous. so the. I think the card was just like fundamentally like probably designed a little wrong. Like the fact that it's generic is ridiculous. Like if it said like you need to use a sprite <laughs> yeah. card as material, like that'd be fair enough. Yeah. But yeah. like even if it said if two it link two or level two or rank two monsters, if it didn't just say including one, yeah, agreed. Yeah. But like again, I think I. It should have had another year. It should have had another year. We should have had another year with this dang card. They took it so soon and so fast. Yeah, so weird. Especially like when we just got like the OTS with like the ulti sprite blues and the ulti. That's uh, true. And the rhinos. super red. Oh wait, yeah, like, rhinos, that's real. Yeah. That's real. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, real. It came yeah, out recently. Yeah. So sprite there are super rares in the OTS pack that were in the in the set that just came out this weekend. 
yep, last year as well. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, they put supers in the OTS pack that are coming out. I think that came out that are coming out this Thursday. The OTS yeah. pack comes out this Thursday. Uh, supers in that pack are commons and rares in the set that comes out next week. Photon, yeah, photon. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's a little ridiculous. I am so confused about what you guys are saying. I get what you guys are saying. It just sounds like it can't be correct. Yeah, that's what we thought too. Weird. That's why, like, everyone's yeah. like, it's probably fake, but no. Mm-hmm. I said that. I said it was fake. And that's the one that has Kashtera Fenrir as ulti, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I reposted it. I don't know if I was right or wrong for reposting it, but I saw it on Facebook and I'm one of those terrible people that just like, I guess I didn't do my research before I did that, but I reposted it and I was like, holy shit. And I put the money sign next to it because I just saw Sprite Blue and Kashtera Fenrir ulti. And I said, that's, oh. that's bank for me. Cause and I right are all good ones. I get I get Edison uh when I play Edison format anyway at locals every Thursday, I get two what is it, OTS packs and I've got oh. a couple ultis in my life. So I've and the ultis from the, the current OTS pack is they're kind of trash. Like they're just not very good. Thirty dollars. They're really bad. And I actually I haven't packed a single one yet of this particular set. So I'm not mad at it because they're not worth anything, but I really would like to get back to the expensive ones or I could pack one and be happy. That's kind of where I stand with that but anyway that's all right no that's fair it's it's weird them being a 30 all three being 30 dollars yeah, like what the just, why why are they so cheap yeah i mean i know why people, but like it's like oh multiple people at my local packed i think it was ray and, mm-hmm. and it was like three people in the room packed ray i think stango kenny's cousin packed ray uh cairo might have packed the ray it was so many rays gary gary, was gary packed the Ray. yeah like there were just so many people packing ray and one, it was the same night, and it was three rays packed. And Xavier was like, you know, like I could, I could, the most I could give you is like twenty in value for it. Like I don't twenty like, from him all, for a ray. Yeah, he's like I already have several of them on top of like it not being worth that much, and no one's playing Sky Striker obviously because hopefully that deck is actually just dead. God damn it! I just realized this is a new ban list, which It'll means that never Sky Striker, Sky Striker, it will never be, be dead. Played. No. Sky Striker will never end, as I predicted. My, my greatest, playing... my greatest prediction of all time. That as soon as I read guys the first, my first Sky Striker card, I said these will never die. There's going to be someone playing Sky Striker in these next two weeks, and I'm annoyed. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. They're going to play the one with no rays too to make the ray go even lower. Yeah, Just that's the yeah. reason. There is a like the runic uh, Striker deck doesn't play ray. It's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And the runic engine yeah, is they, still around and untouched. Yep. And on so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Full what power. Like a lot of people like who still want to try to play sprite cards have just been playing it like with the runic stuff. Yeah, so runic mm-hmm. sprite is back because runic sprite. I mean, elf is obviously a big one, but it didn't really. I don't think there's anything else yeah. from sprite that was elf on is this. the next turn, not this turn. <laughs> yeah, this you worry about one. elf being banned next turn. Yeah, you need to do follow up. That's funny. Uh, okay, so that's sprite elf, and now. Kit Kalos, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, but this card is banned in the OCG as well, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and in the OCG, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but they play King of the Swamp? Yep. Okay, so it, yeah. are people just going to do the same thing here is my question to you guys. Uh, so I like spent a good amount of yesterday uh, testing with the DB Grinder, shout out him, mm-hmm. um, and we were playing like the tier deck with all the hits. Um, deck is not great unfortunately um <laughs> one of the like one mechanic that i just didn't think i would really take for granted as much as i do is like so all the tier monsters are like are at one so you like mill one use it to fuse they go to the bottom of your deck 
So if you need more material to fuse with, you have to shuffle your deck before you try to like uh, mill again. Otherwise, you you're never gonna you're mill not, them. Yeah, you're never gonna hit another tier monster. Yeah, yeah. And that like became super common. Is like we would have like you know one of our names get like bestialed or something, and then we'd have Havness in our hand and know that like yeah, there's one tier name in our deck of like thirty cards that we have to hit for this to work. Oh, so that's wild. It, yeah, right. Like yeah. These guys were way more aggressive than the OCG ones. So OCG is surviving with tier because they still have multiple names of them. Like they didn't get, they got kick close ban, but they didn't also put every name to one at the same time. Right. So it's this like is not the it's same. So different. Yeah. Right. Every single name except Rhino Heart is that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The names matter more. The names matter yeah, way more. No, for a mil- yeah, I mean, yeah. for a milli deck, it's ratios. It's just your deck ratios. Nothing else is important. The kick close is fine. Yep. I understand. That is, uh, yeah, it's wild that they did that. So I guess we're done with the forbidden cards and we're now talking about the limited cards. So all the tier element names outside of Rhino Heart are limited to one. And Joe, I think you made a great point about how once they're on the bottom, or even just, even if they're not at the bottom per se, just knowing that you only have a few more names, like two more names in your deck of 30 something cards, it's kind of wild. Yeah. Because what are the odds that I'm actually going to reasonably hit another name when I mill or whatever. Like that's not, that's not a real game plan when you're playing at a high level. So that, that is interesting. I'm wondering if someone is going to figure something out and try to force tier. Yeah. But here's what I feel. This is, and this could be the boomer in me talking. I learned pretty late in my Yu-Gi-Oh career, but I think still decently enough. I learned that when a deck, like the best deck gets hit really fucking hard. Right. And it goes down to a point where it has like one or maybe sometimes two of certain cards, but a lot of one ofs. I think it's best to just move on to something that has all of its cards. Sure. The, I think it's just I like, even if the mechanic of the, in the deck was just that broken, like tier elements was one of the most broken decks of all time in Yu-Gi-Oh. It isn't a conversation of best decks ever, right? There's no there doubt were, about that. We have data about that. They ran multiple no ban lists. I don't know if you know about, they ran multiple no ban list tournaments in the OCG recently. Mm-hmm. And the best deck in that format where every card is at three is tier. And the second best deck in that format is a different version of tier. <laughs> That's funny. That is interesting. Uh, and I've seen that too, Chris. I actually saw a little bit of that. I think I saw the very first one. And Silverman and I were looking at the list because we did see tier. We saw a lot of cash tier too, like pure cash tier. And I just, we thought that, you know, people are just playing what they have. Because the other thing that's hard with that data is that it's not an it's online tournament to. where you have every single card. Like, if it was a DB tournament, I would respect it a little bit more. Because I mm-hmm. think that ultimately, like, even if you told, if you, tro- if you told um, you guys who are going to a YCS next week that you could play three of literally any card, right? That's I, a good point. Yeah, I, I wonder how far you guys would get. On procuring how would I get graceful charity? That, that's what I'm saying. Because it right. would be, it would be kind of weird. Also, like in the OCG, they're they're um they're a bit different. Where their competitiveness, I don't want to downplay it, but like they're not oh, definitely as, less competitive. Yeah. They're definitely less yeah, competitive. Yeah. Like I don't want to downplay them because they win fucking worlds like almost every time. But like right. you guys get what I mean is in, in general, the OCG just isn't as crazy competitive as the TCG. And what I, so when I say that, I don't think that the players there who are already playing tier elements, right, and are already playing their cash tier decks are exactly saying, I want to figure out what the actual best deck in a three of everything environment is without having that, yeah. like without having every single card available. And if I had, if I was Seto Kaiba and I just have three of everything, like, sure, then you could say, okay, this data is real and like makes sense. It represents a real uh, sample size and everything. But I just feel like knowing people, if I don't have readily available 
three of every possible card ever printed. And I and I really don't want to track them down. I'm probably just gonna look for the main ones like Pot of Greeds and Graceful Charities, right? Because like they probably just go triplicate in every deck. And that's but I, the other stuff, I'm like, well, fuck it. Terra Limits, I'll just mill you out anyway. You're playing Exodia bullshit. Like I'll just I'll just mill your head. And that's real. Like you just lose the game. But right. Um so yeah, my, my my point was that every time in Yu-Gi-Oh! and this happens so often, I think that people get trapped by this. So this is kind of like my advice. And maybe it's not applicable. Maybe Terra Limits will win the next tournament in Vegas uh after leon or whatever and i'll be proven wrong but i just feel like whenever the best deck gets hit super hard and you have an option of playing other decks that maybe just came out aka the cash terror deck at full power or just playing something else like even like sword soul right and this is hypothetical but sword soul still has three of all of its cards if i'm not mistaken uh i just favor those decks more in these situations where they just have all of their cards untouched as opposed to like this situation that we're in where telemets has literally one of all of its real names and no kick hollows. Like it, I think you're really forcing it to try to still play that deck. But if, if somebody can find out, you know how to then sure. Also, I think, eat it. I think that here you have to look at it in a different way. Now you, you can't try to play it the way anyone even close to try to play it before. But I mm-hmm. think there's still some stuff to it, specifically in the fact that each individual tournament's monster is still the highest value version of polymerization that exists in the game by themselves, right? As long as you're not trying to make other tier monsters, that's still a better Miracle Fusion than even actual Miracle Fusion because it costs you zero cards if it was discarded to get you something else already. So on that note, I think Dark World tier limits is possible. I don't know if that's good. I haven't tried it at all, but that's one of the ones because Dark World... Yeah, so I think that's one of the possibilities. It's like, what can a tier limits monster make with just itself and the other cards in your deck that are like right as then so that just a instead of like engine. i have yeah instead of being like i need to find another tier limits monster for this to be good it's more like i have three copies of the best miracle fusion ever printed in my deck and that's how, that's how you have to think about it now okay. i think okay. that's fair Razor, i have a question for you yeah what's up um what deck did you play at ycs columbus in 2011 at columbus in 2011 this is after billy break had won once yeah so plant synchro and so i went into this event the front i have some some backstory to this so i'm pretty sure the day before this event i want to say it was either this one or kansas city i'm not sure but they had an xbox tournament and i actually played karakuri the Mm. friday before the actual ycs and i actually won out of like 100 people or something the xbox tournament (laughs) of everyone in that tournament and there was a lot of obviously good people there because it was pretty much everyone that's going to play in the ycs the next day uh, but then I think I chickened out of playing it in the main event. I think, I think, and then I, I'm pretty sure I either played just plant synchro and I scrubbed out regardless, but I think I played plant synchro. I might've played Karakuri, but I'm pretty sure I didn't. I want to say like 80% I did not play Karakuri. 80, uh, you know, I think that I played plants. I think I played plants again. Cause I, I just topped, I just topped Toronto with the plant synchro deck. Then Billy won with it. I actually played Billy right. in that tournament. He fucking. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's such a trap. Dashi is so ignorant. Let's just let's just Agreed. put it that way. Trap Dashi is not okay. But I think to answer your question, I think I just played Plan Sacro again because I understood that it was still the best deck. But there's a part of me that's like, did I just actually run it back and go with Karakuri two days in a row? I don't know. Right. So yeah, I, the reason I asked that question is like you say like this deck, the tier deck being the best deck, having all of their cards go to one, yeah. just like kind of reminds me of like when everything in the plant deck went to one and people were like, oh, this deck is unplayable. And then all the pro players played the um, the plant deck in Toronto and did really well with it, yourself included. So wait, 
So wait, wait, wait. Because 2011, uh, when Toronto plants, uh, that deck still had... we had Lone Fire at two, and then it went to one, and then so we just had one Lone Fire, one Spore, one Dandy, and then the one Ball. But we had three Tengu, three Torgai, yep. three Maxi, Valor, Solemn Warnings. I remember because that deck was broken now. Like it still had three of so many of its cards. The main sure. like, t- Tengu. So the thing is about Tengu and Torgai is that. And this is this is an interesting conversation to have because uh, Yu Gi Oh has changed so drastically in those twelve years since, right? Uh, since twenty eleven, <laughs> but but in twenty eleven, having triple Torgai, triple Tengu, and double Thunder King as your as your opening play was so strong. Like that was so insanely good. And then the other deck was Agents that had Venus as its opening play in Earth. I think that was like so they had they had Venus Earth, and then maybe they could play Thunder King too. So they had just as many starting monsters you you basically had three tango three tour guide uh and then two thunder kings so that's like eight monsters that you open with and then the agent deck had three venus three earth and let's say either two thunder kings or triple tour guide because some of them i think that nikki lakayo played uh tour guy he played like the chaos version of agents which actually ended up being like the better version overall so he had like nine starter monsters and then the plant deck basically has like eight or nine starter monsters as well and that was what was needed to play those decks functionally like to functionally play them despite the fact that lone fire got hit and stuff like that it still had like glow bulb spore monster born for some reason was legal i still don't understand that like monster born was legal and the only reason i bring that up is because lone fire reborn was absolutely not okay like that just did so much but um, I guess my point is the reason why we played it even after it had got some hits is because it wasn't as severe as what like sure like it's just it, it's not what they did the tier elements the deck still fundamentally had three Tengu Tengu is crazy by the way like that right. card is nuts three Tengu and three Torgai was so outrageous that that by itself was like oh my opening play is still broken like my summoning Tengu and passing is like insane especially with a warning or something it's like insane because what are you, you going to do and then if you don't if you don't do anything crazy my next turn is now summon a tuner of any kind and i go in a librarian like if i summon global that's librarian plus another five star in a draw or it's lone fire into a spore which is then make librarian then banish make a eight star in a draw and it's just like so much happens from me just opening one of my like main starter guys that did not get touched like tengu for some reason did not get touched and neither did tour guy and that's that was just like Konami's oversight, or maybe they were just trying to still sell those cards or whatever, but uh, it didn't get butchered. Like, if they put Tango to two and put Torgai to, like, one, you mm-hmm. would not you would not have seen me playing Plant Synchro at Toronto. I think that would have been just a mistake. I think at that point, you just play Aegis and chalk it up. Like, Aegis would have just been the better deck, because Aegis sure. would have still had all of its cards. And that's kind of an example of what I mean is, like, and not, again, not to say that I never made the mistake in my life, because I said I learned it kind of late in my Yu-Gi-Oh! career to not try to force the best deck when it gets butchered like this. Like there are times I think that dragon rulers at one point Konami, like really, really dicked on dragon rulers and people still tried to like force the issue when other decks were just playable and probably better at the same time. Like I get right. that dragon rulers are very good, but it's kind of the, they were very good. That keeps people stuck in that mindset of wanting to continuously play it mm-hmm. past, past its prime. Like it's, it's past the point where you should be playing it. I think this also happened with uh, Sky Strikers a lot. That's a good example, too, of recent. Like, Sky Strikers is a deck that got butchered at one point. No engage. People were still fucking playing that deck with no engage. Like, what are you doing? No engage is a problem. You can't play with no engage. Like, what? I, Ray, there's a lot Ray of, yeah. is Bay. Ray is Bay. Ray no, is not, Bay. not without engage. <laughs> but, like, that's engage an example. Is like, 
that's an example of what I mean, because at that time, I think Prank Kids was at full power. So it's like, mm-hmm. why, why are you... Like, Tribe Gate was at full power, too. Like, you had triple fractal and stuff. Like, why are you forcing yourself to play the the Engage deck? I get that in 2018, Engage was at three, and everything was insane, and Hornet Drones was at three, and, like, everything, like, Kagari, all everything was at three, right? So the deck was insane, and it was, like, winning tournaments, and Shupang won, and, like, several other people were doing well with that deck. But then Konami's like, okay, enough of this. And they hit it really hard. And then there's these other broken decks like Drytron and Prank Kids and the PK deck, like Phantom Knights and all this other stuff that you could play. And these decks are all good. And people are still trying to play the Engage deck or like, I guess at that time, the no Engage deck. And that just seems weird to me. It's like you're just giving tournaments away for no reason. So that's kind of what I'm speaking to is like when they butcher a deck like this, like Tier Elements looks to me, now that you explained the whole thing about like the OCG actually did not hit it this hard. I don't know if it's worth it to try to force this, to try to still force this. Which, to that point, the four, yeah, the first four things on the limited list are also technically tier limit cards. And my testing group was also, as Joe said, like starting to cut cards that trigger thrusting and adding back in multiples of the Ishizu cards and adding back in like Super Poly and stuff. And like just putting, leaning in that direction. And I say my group as in the people playing tier that were not me. And I was like tertiarily watching from the sidelines. But yeah, it, it like it seemed like it was going towards that way, and and those cards added a lot to that deck's consistency too, mm-hmm. um, and impressiveness. And I I mean like I think a lot of people thought those were the cards that would get hit alone, and then tier would remain a good deck that wasn't like completely crippled. If you ask just, me, just banning Caldo and Mudora, that'd be enough. Yeah, I feel like if you asked me what they were going to do, that would have been what I thought as well. I thought yeah. that they were going to do a half measure first. This is a this is extreme. Uh, I didn't expect this to be so extreme because the, the Tier Elements deck became basically, like, outrageously the best deck in October, right? Like, Minneapolis, I think, around that time. That's when it became, like, absolutely no question, this is the best deck now, and it has been that since October. And this is not, we're not that far from that. Like, that's, what, four months ago? Under four months ago now? And Konami usually does do the small hits for a while, and then they eventually just straight up kill a deck. But like, this is, the whole limited list is just the tier limits deck. Like, it's just Seven that. of them. And then you got Ancient Fairy Dragon just chilling out for some reason there. And you guys can I love Ancient Fairy Dragon at one. I love it. Was it oh, I love it. Yeah, it was banned. It was it, banned. So it's getting it's an, with an errata. And it won't be yeah. legal until the first week of March. What's the errata do to it? It makes it so uh, you have to destroy field spell. To use the effect, and you cannot search the field spell that you destroy. Oh wow, that's yeah. a huge errata. And both effects are hard once per turn. Yep. Oh my god. Which they were not before. Just print a new. It's card. a huge errata, but it retains the thing about it that I like, which is that Ravine is terraforming again. That it gains we can finally you gain activate Ravine. You still gain a thousand, I think. Don't okay, do you not? I'm, Actually, I don't know I'm, for sure. I'm glad they kept that so I can win in time. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just thinking. I I don't know for sure. <laughs> I'm trolling, obviously. Wait, it's not legal until March? Yep, it says it on the ban list. Oh, yeah. Wow, look cool. at that. So now people are going to win in time with Ancient Fairy Dragon, so be prepared for that. Um, yeah, I guess, like, <laughs> we're getting a little bit ahead, but I guess we're probably going to move on to that section anyway. Yeah, we're but moving like, on to that section. Let's just do it now. Ancient Fairy, like, coming back is really cool. It's even more cool that we have three Distrudo now because that is, like, one of my favorite cards ever printed. The card is so sick. What was it at it's one? So, it is. So it was sick. at one. Yeah. Okay. Point a little pointlessly, I feel like, actually. That one was like, why was it at one? I don't know. Was I missing something with that one being at one or uh, uh no. The only like 
deck that played it that I can remember is like the Danger Tier deck, just as another like type to make Curious with, but Curious is banned, so it doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the um, is like such a cool card. Go ahead, Joe. Do you want to speak more to this? Oh yeah. So like people at uh, the YCS that the first one that Jesse won recently, uh, yep. uh, Sydney. Um, the really cool thing that people are doing in Sword Soul is like you can uh, Magnemut banish something, and then in the end phase you can search just straight off of it. So it makes Magnemut a one card Yazi for the Sword Soul decks. Ooh, oh, that is holy crap! I didn't yeah. know. Sword Soul is untouched, guys. Just a hint, hint. It's untouched. Ooh, come on, leave me alone. Yeah, Sword Soul. Oh, I hate Sword Soul. I like it's that. Cool. I hate it. It's so consistent though. Like if I played in a tournament where Sword Soul was good. I would feel so comfortable sitting down every round. I would feel so comfortable sitting down in front of any opponent because of just how consistent I know my opening hand is probably going to be. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing I can vouch for with that deck. It just opens the same, the same essentially every game. Play every single game. It's like yeah. the same thing every game, and it's a good thing though. It's not even like it doesn't like forgo power for consistency. The opening of Sword Soul is kind of ignorant as hell. Like yeah. it's, but it's a like really balanced strong... though. It's like a it's balanced, balanced version yeah. of Yu-Gi-Oh ignorance. Yeah, it's such a good like. Yeah, it's it's yeah, what I like yeah. in Yu-Gi-Oh, where we can actually go back and forth, and it's not just I won turn right. one because I just went first. Like you can beat a Sorso player who went first, and that's yep. that's good. Like that's a good thing. I don't want it to be like, oh, I went first. <laughs> Guess what? Like yeah. you, you get fucked out of the game because I went Moye. Like that shouldn't that shouldn't be a thing. Yeah, it's the only like downside of the deck is like it gets checked by cards that are already going to be played a lot, like Nib and Book of Eclipse. Yes, Nib hurts Infirm. that deck so bad. Uh, like you can play around them, you obviously. Can, you can play around it, but you have to have certain hands to do that, or you just have to have, you just have to be scared sometimes. Like, yeah, my hand, my hand can do more, but Nib ruins me, so I yep. just have to chill. Or I open up Long One, I think it's his name, and then you can just make like Baron mm-hmm. and then do plays from there or whatever. But yeah, Ursul uh, just has that. Like, it does that. Another thing about it that's well designed is that if you play around Nib, your field is a little worse. Yes. And if they don't have Nib, then you do get punished for it. So then it's just like, okay, well. Yep. That's you know. uh. It's cool. It's cool. I just what, uh. What whatever happened I like, to that cross I like out, spikes. Whatever happened to that cross out card that like no one talks about anymore? Oh, uh, does it? We don't good? know. It's not good. It's just actually yeah. not good. Like, is that actually? Yeah. Maybe it's it'll just, be good this time. I don't know. Not good. I don't. I don't know yeah, if it'll. Be I don't good think so now. either. Yeah, I don't think so either. That card was. I don't know what it's missing. Heavy. Oh yeah, I spent like two hundred and fifty on my set. Right? Oh no! Oh, did you? Oh <laughs> no! I, spent, I think again. I spent one forty on my set or something like that. I picked them up relatively early too. You'll never see that money again. How yeah. for cross out not to be good in a tier zero format? Fun is is like there's no <laughs> other time for it to be good. That's the only time it could have ever been good. Every one of your opponents playing it's the same thirty seven cards besides cross yeah. out as you, and you were still yeah. not playing it. Like, yeah. what's wrong with us? Yeah, that was a big cross out barely. That probably was the sign when everyone's playing a mirror match and cross out still not in your deck. Because that just tells me everything yeah. I need to know. If if the best deck is being played with all like the same 35 cards and no one's playing cross out decks later, that <laughs> just tells me like there was no room. There was no room nah, for dog, it. Nah, <laughs> there was no yo, room. You take room if it was good. People were maining. I think LeBlanc won with 43, Hansel won with 43. Yeah. Like, people are out here winning with more than 40 cards consistently. It's just like a thing. Yeah, so what? You want them to play 46? Yes. (laughs) Yes. To answer your question, yes. Uh, What do we think about this Junk Synchron? What's going on with this? Uh, I I think it's another one. Whatever. I was like, hold up. I was like, wait a second. 
I was like, don't get me horny. Junk Synchron's playing. <laughs> no, 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 no. Jack, like, what's going on? Jack about Synchron. Modern. Calm, <laughs> calm your dick. Jack Synchron, I meant to say. I've been playing Edison way too much. If Junk Synchron was real, I got to figure out what's going on. <laughs> no, Junk Synchron is way too fair. Uh, except in Edison. I think, I think Junk Synchron is actually broken in Edison. But Jet Synchron is now on. I, was it banned? Is that what it was? It was at one. Was it was one, recently yeah. banned and then moved and then, to one. Yeah, because they, they got three. rid of the guy that made like Hulk went away, yep. and they put it to one. Uh, o Lion, I guess, was also came back when Hulk. Yeah, went same away. reason. Okay, yep. so these cars are just they're just putting it out there because they they're not seeing play anyway. So it's kind of yeah. Okay, fine. Uh, Good for them. Is, is anything going to change, guys, or no? Is this just like whatever? No, I think yeah. like uh, yeah, this car doesn't really do much. Uh, I'll be surprised if it happens. Okay, Servant of Endymion. Is that That's what I'm sick? I love that. Card. I for yeah, me too. I just bought three of them. I they arrived in the mail today. I, I opened a letter with three Endymions does. in it. So let me Google. It's very awesome. Okay. It's uh so you once you've activated three spells, you uh, can summon a dude from your deck, uh, the big guy. That's a spell and trap negates. Oh wow! Yeah, and it's, it's a, a very good searcher. Yeah. Okay. So it's a pendulum guy, yeah. There's I want to actually think might do something. I think we might see a pendulum deck pop out somewhere. Uh, so maybe the issue uh, with the pendulum deck is uh, the cashier deck just locks your pen scales. Yes. Oh my god, you're right. Yeah, you oh can just no! One pendulum scale, and that is the end for them. Yep. They can't play it their whole deck. Why would Konami create an archetype that literally invalidates an entire mechanic? Yeah. I have no idea. Because they're not selling that mechanic anymore. True. Not selling that mechanic True. Anymore. <laughs> we already had Tia Baton anyway. Kenny is the voice of reason. <laughs> he just comes on yeah. one-liners every thirty minutes, and he's just like, Thanks, "It's because they're not selling it." <laughs> That's so good because it's just true. Yeah, yeah seems broken, but it yeah, if that deck literally is kept in check by the fact that I can choose your fucking zone to the far left. And I could choose your other zone to the far right. And now you can't play actually. Like, not even kidding. You can't play. Uh, all yeah, right. It's pretty True King Lithogasm. Or however you say that thing. The disaster. Is that the Earth one? Yes, it is. The yeah, Earth that's the Earth one. one. Oh, that's the, that's the good one. one. Yeah, that's the it one is. where you the look one that at looks your at your opponent's extra deck. Let me see. Tell them to playing. lose their life. Can I see what you're playing? Turn one. Can I just know? More dino support cards. Actually, can I see what you're not playing? Can I see what you wish you were playing, please? Yeah, because I'm true. taking three of them. Let me see what you're not playing now. Because I'm it takes it. three, right? It takes three it immediately. Take, it it's not three. one. What I also love That's is so that awesome. it's so blatant. The dinosaur cards that are coming out that are absolutely <laughs> fucking nuts. This is so blatantly like paving the way for that shit to come out and be ridiculous. It's so blatant. Someone on my team for Vegas might be playing dinosaurs. That is a that is a very high probability. Um, I didn't know well, it's Mike Lau. Do you know Mike Lau? I do know Mike Lau. Buck Lau, I'll call him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Mike Lau. Yeah, yeah. I'm in a group you chat. You know he loves right dinosaurs. Now. He loves it. Wow. And when he saw those dinosaur he cards, he messaged the group chat at 2 a.m. and was like, Is Konami <laughs> trying to make me wet? I think he said that. He, he oh my said, God. What did he, he say to said, me? He said something sexual to me, too. Okay, so he just goes around doing that. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, doing that. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so. I love that card. I think it's it's not good for the game in any way, but I, I really like the card. I don't know why. I think the art looks cool. The effect is really cool, but really, really not okay. Like, Yo, that's Yu-Gi-Oh! Yes. 
Yes. Talk for like 45 minutes or something about about like the health of the game and like technical aspects of card design. And now we're back to I just like the card art. I like the card. It took one and hour. It, and it it really isn't good. Like that lithogazum card is not good. I cannot vouch for it being good for the game. It's not healthy, <laughs> especially with the babies being unlimited. Like the, right. the babies have been unlimited for far too long. At, at some point, Konami's gonna have to acknowledge that you can print any dinosaurs you want. The babies can't be at three each. They just can't. This one has to be the end of them. I don't. I I would have thought before that we saw the end of them, but this one has to be it. Yeah, that, this, those level sixes have to be the end. Yeah, this is too much is happening now, and also the, uh, the babies are printed before time, but once per turn was a thing. Like they don't have once per turn clauses on them at all. They Actually, don't, right? They, things still come out without once per turn clauses. They're just more careful. Yeah, what they do, but the babies are like unchecked. They don't have. Yeah. Not only are they not once per turn. But they're also broken. Like, they're insanely broken. And I just found this out because I did... They are cool. (laughs) I just found this out because I did a shadow game with one of our Patreon members. Uh, He subscribed at the main character tier, so he challenged me to a duel in September 2020 format specifically. Uh, And that format had dinosaurs full power, basically. Like, I was... I don't think I had VFD. I'm pretty sure I didn't, but what I did have was three... Of the god you could discard from your hand and dinosaurs aren't affected by everything. Uh, Ask, yeah. And then you can banish. Yeah, that my guy card, was in my deck. Up three. Re- oh, I hate and him. Opening that by itself is like full combo, basically. Um, so that guy was out. The little shiny alligator one star dude was in my deck. And then triple Stratos guy uh, over Raptor. And the deck was just broken. Like every turn one, I'm just like summon over Raptor with uh, make Dolka and defense. Summon like the big 3500 guy, have a baby on the field as well. Uh, maybe a dweller, a Kari- Link Karibo, and like a full hand. And I'm just passing my turn with that. I don't know how to do anything with modern Yu Gi Oh! at all. That was the first time I ever linked something in my life. And I just knew right there that dinosaurs were not okay. And that's not even like their truest potential because VFD is was banned at that time. And that, that guy is obviously not okay for real, but. Uh, dinosaurs now getting all the support in the future just makes this true king even more ridiculous because I'm sure he'd be played as well. Right. Uh, okay, Yanagarasu, obviously he didn't do a single fucking thing, and a lot more cards need to come off the list, so Yana is a card that is no longer on the Forbidden list at all, and it's been probably 20 plus years, I want to say. It's been almost 20 years. I guess the first list was like 05, so it's been almost 20 years since Yana was not on a ban list, essentially is what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. he is it is the card is finally completely removed from the ban list. It's not it's not on there anywhere. A lot this is more Starlight? Cards, what? Yeah, it just it not just, but it recently was printed as a Starlight. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. that's they, fun. They need to remove a lot more cards off the ban list though. Uh, I think yeah. that uh wind up carriers and mighty can come off completely. Like I think we just I think we're good uh, now, right? Like the, uh-uh, uh-uh, is that, uh-uh, is that wait, false? Wait, Hunter's still banned, right? I have no idea. I have, I have, I Hunter remember. Hunter would have to remain banned. Wind up Hunter would have. Uh, there's new wind up cards. Oh, there are me, there are there is a wind up link monster. Okay, well, if people yeah. are going to take your hand, then obviously no. But just ban the hunter at that point and make the Zemighty like the the carrier. Yeah, the carrier can come back. Um, Even then, though, okay. So wind ups are are also from a time before that archetypes would lock you into things, and it summons too many monsters. So links do this thing where. Uh, certain game states are checked by not anything except they're not checked by anything except the number of monsters you summon, right? Yeah. And so windups generate a number of summons that is unbelievable from nothing. And so it, it almost is the same problem as Dandelion, where it's too many summons for nothing. You want to prove it to me? 
like like not. I found right a wind up FTK recently without Zen Mighty. <laughs> okay, that's great. I was just checking if Petition Shark was still an FTK, and it was recently. <laughs> oh my god, Chris, go to hell. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. It's too many monsters that don't lock you. You can pick their levels. It's it's too much. Yeah, it's just probably, too much. You're when you put it like that. That last little part you threw in there, just for shits and giggles, like you could pick their levels. You just threw that yeah, in there for their levels. Is like, there it fucking, is. It's five now. You just fucking sprinkled it in the fact that you don't you don't have to lock them into their levels either. Um, that part, yeah, you're you're, you're selling me. You're selling me. Uh, okay. It's also that deck isn't won't be consistent, which actually makes it even worse for the game because now you'll just get angry when they get you. Oh well, that's that's yeah. how I feel like about losing the plunderies. Like I feel like yeah. your your deck shits out. Sometimes just these really unplayable hands, and you lose the game because you're you know your deck just actually shit on you. Yeah. But when you draw playable, I don't get to play at all. Yeah, yeah. Like if it was consistent, I'd be fine. I'd be like, okay, I can prepare for this. I can make a deck choice based on this. Because it's not consistent, it's like, all right, well, freaking here we go again. It's to the point where I think oh, this doesn't LeBlanc, happen. When Chris LeBlanc was on the podcast, I think he literally said, uh, "When I won game one, I knew I won the YCS because he's going to brick at least one of the next two games." <laughs> <laughs> And That's insane. That is kind of how I think about those kinds of decks too. Like if I beat Domain Monarchs game one, oh, I'm like, oh, the match is over. Like even if I lose game two, cur- like curb stomp, absolutely creamed. Uh, I know that game three, like you better fucking brick. You better not open up Pantheism <laughs> Prom again. So yeah, yeah, that is that is just uh I guess what it is. Anyways, Spiral Resort is at three. I haven't seen Spirals be relevant since 2017. Uh you oh. guys can let me know if there's an issue with this, but yeah, there was uh, it was like one of the best decks. Um, the last YCS Vegas in twenty twenty. Okay. Oh really? I oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was like so. Dom and them played. Uh, Dom played Shadal Invoked, and then uh, Silverman and who was their last one? It was someone you just had on the podcast too, um, as their three v three team. But they played the Dino deck, and they played against um, Spiral in the finals. Of that YCS. Okay. I didn't recall exactly because they played against Infernoids too, I think. Yeah, one was on Infernoids, one was on Spiral, and I don't remember who the last person was on. I think it was also a different deck. But yeah, it's when we like first got Magician Souls. Uh it was like uh-huh. Spiral was that for one event, and then um right after Vegas we got a ban list for the band master plan. It hasn't been a deck since. Gotcha. Oh, that was funny funny. That was that recent that that happened. Yep. That felt like ages ago. Yeah, it does. It's also pre-pandemic. I remember that. Yeah, it was the last event before COVID. Wow. Before the pandemic seems like it was actually 10 years ago. That's just... Agreed. Like, my whole world has changed. I mean, not only did we start a podcast, but, like, I've been working from home. Uh, I started an Uber Eats habit that's really bad for me. Um, Like, a lot lot of things have changed, right? Like, porn addiction. We won't talk about it, but, like, a lot of things have changed. (laughs) Just like a lot of things wow. have changed. Hey, Fraser Smith gets real. Clip it. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. God. <laughs> He's no, no. You're not kidding. All right. So they gotta they gotta eat too. Open. Somebody's gotta fund their OnlyFans. <laughs> Listen, I, okay. Eat. Since the pandemic started, I did actually start subscribing to OnlyFans, and that was something that I didn't do pre oh, We had a whole no. podcast on it. We had a whole we podcast. We did. Oh Episode my God, 69 did you? of the I'm There podcast is actually factually a sex positivity episode and yeah, right. go listen to it if you haven't heard it. It's episode sixty nine of the good. podcast. It is actually very good, and honestly, it's not even like a weird podcast. It's just like it's a it's a positive conversation about sex. There you go. And I know that this is not what you expected in your forbidden list podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. episode. <laughs> but guess what? This is the type of shit you get from the Iron Nerd podcast. So enjoy that. Hold that. Yeah. Uh, all right. I want to before we get out of here. I just want to quickly talk about the dinosaur cards. So. Of course. <laughs> 
<laughs> they printed some nonsense in this set called Wild Survivors, which that name is already, first of all, the Wild Survivors, can I just say the dinosaurs and Yu-Gi-Oh have never been extinct? Like they're, they've just been broken for way too long. They're not survivors. Like they're not. They're the fucking literally killing the dinosaurs on the cart. That's what that is. Wait, what? Nibiru is killing the dinosaurs. The oh. Nibiru, Nibiru, the card is like the meteor yeah, that the, kills yeah. the freaking yeah. Well, he's gonna have to come back to check these ones because these cards are absolutely not okay. Like the Am spell, the spell. Where's the spell card at? Isn't there a spell card that's just like yeah? The spell card's so odd. I love when the Rota. I love when your Rota searches another card that simply Rotas again. That's my favorite. Yeah, it's like searches and then it destroys a card. And then um, it also fuses the same turn, right? I think that, yeah. like, if I'm not mistaken, I, the spell says something like, like you could fuse. Wait, and it Donald's didn't even getting another Rota. Yes, yeah. it's called Ground Zeno. Really? I always thought it was funny because awesome. there was a time in Yu-Gi-Oh where dinosaurs were fucking horrible, yeah. and they were so bad that they made a Rota that let you search six-star monsters. Yeah, that's how bad they were. And like, isn't Fossil Dig just still legal? Like a yeah, at three, and it's yeah, awesome, it's and it's broken. Yeah, and it searches up to six, like you said. It says, so Ground Zeno, it's a spell, normal spell. Uh, you can only use each effect once per turn. So it doesn't say you can only use one effect once per turn. Mm-hmm. It says you can use each effect once per turn. So let's just keep that in mind. The first effect, add one dinosaur tuner or dinosaur normal monster from your deck to your hand, then destroy one card in your hand. That's the first effect. The second effect is you can banish this card from your graveyard Fusion summon one dinosaur fusion monster from your extra deck using monsters from your hand or field as fusion material. So you can do both in the same turn, and it is blatantly just Rota for any dinosaur tuner, and it destroys, which in some cases is just, well, probably in most cases is going to be absolutely yeah, insane. For dinosaurs, like, that's insane. Yeah. The tuner you add, there's a tuner, there's so many tuners you can add that you destroy them and something happens. Uh, just so to begin this, with. There's this other guy, he's a six-star tuner. Dinosaur, his name is Xeno uh, Meteoris. I actually like that name a lot, Xeno Meteoris. So you can only use each effect of Xeno Meteoris once per turn. If a card or cards is destroyed by a battle or card effect, you can special summon this guy from your hand. So, like, straight up, if anything gets destroyed, period. Doesn't say where, doesn't say whose. If a card or cards is destroyed by a battle or card effect, period, you can summon this guy from your hand. During your main phase, you can destroy one dinosaur monster from your hand or field. Then special Wait. Someone... Go ahead. Did it get translated wrong? That's not what I'm reading. Hold on. Oh, Xeno Meteoros? Am I reading the wrong translation? Is this the Oh, Xeno 2000... Meteoros. This is a different card than I'm than the one I'm reading. Okay. Yeah, yeah. During your main phase, you would destroy one dinosaur monster from your hand or field. Then special summon one dinosaur normal monster from your hand or deck. Also, for the rest of this turn, you can only special summon dragon, dinosaur, sea serpent, and or worm from monsters from your extra deck. Uh, so that's one of the guys. And then they have this really... level 12 that I'm reading. Yes, transcend. So yeah. there's this guy called Transcendrake Meteoris. He is 3,500 attack. So I think, is that tied with the other guy that attacks everybody? Ultimate Conductor Tyranno? Maybe. Okay. Oh, so, yes, it is. So yeah. this guy is 3,500, 12 stars. Uh, cannot be normal summoner set. Must be special summoned by a card effect. You can only use each effect of it once per turn. During your opponent's turn, quick effect. You can destroy two other dinosaur monsters from your hand and or field. And if you do, special summon this card from your hand. So <laughs> that's <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, it, so actually, 
this is Steve was saying this recently. Um, how like here was like the oncoming of like because every time there's the best deck, right? They they back it off after a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like every time there's a two zero format, it kind of it it signifies like a new kind of game that we'll be playing for the next couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. Like it like Dragon Ruler signified that we we're gonna play a different kind of resource game than we'd ever had before for the, for a while afterwards, and we did. And so we were talking about how like tier limits is probably a sign that we're gonna be playing a different we're gonna be playing a turn zero deck decks more often than we ever have before. Yes. Uh, in this from the sense that like tier limits plays its full turn on your turn zero. And like that was almost just like a like a like nothing but like a like a flag, like a sign that like that's what we're doing from and now this on. Guy literally if says, you look at like yeah, this guy is that it's like if you just open this going for going second, it's like, all right, I'll play my whole turn right now during your your draw standby phase. I guess I'll play my whole turn. During your and it's just it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. But it's it's to destroy too. So if you destroy the baby, you can summon the you can summon a um Overraptor from your deck on your opponent's turn to add Missosaurus, and you can Missosaurus your opponent on their first turn. And they can't even affect your combo on their turn. <laughs> right. <laughs> then like I don't I don't know how far that actually goes, but it's one of those things where it's like I think we might be getting more quick effects from now on. Because even Rescue Ace has like that like thing that it does. Like the draw two discard one during your opponent's turn that Tyrements was thinking about doing for Vegas. Ah uh, yes. So that is yeah, that is insane. Uh, having this is becoming more common, which is basically what the summary yeah, yeah. is saying. Uh, then yes, he, yes. Then he has two other effects because God forbid a card just doesn't have three effects. Uh, his other effect is if this card is special summoned, you can send one dinosaur monster from your deck to the graveyard. Then his third effect is if this card is destroyed, you can shuffle one normal monster from your graveyard into the deck. Then you can special summon this card. So he does three things, and he also is thirty five hundred. Keep that in mind. Uh, Twelve star monster. They have a fusion, because obviously if they printed a card that lets you fuse from the grave, like using this card in the graveyard, the fusion monster has to also be absolutely nonsense, because why the fuck not? Uh, this guy's Transcend Drake uh, Gigantosaur, and it says the materials for it are one dinosaur monster, one normal monster. Now that's a joke. The fact that it's just that simple, like one, any dinosaur, any normal monster, period, to summon this guy. This guy is 3,800. If this card is special summoned, you can target one dinosaur monster in your graveyard, add it to your hand. Then, if this card was special summoned from the graveyard, you can destroy both one card in your hand and or your field and one card your opponent controls. So just a lot of flexibility. Oh, a crazy card. A lot of flexibility, too, because if you summon him from the grave, he starts popping shit. And he could pop up to an and or, which is ridiculous. Like anytime a card says like and or, it that's just like too much flexibility. Uh the other part of his effect is a second effect. If this card is destroyed, you can shuffle one normal monster from your graveyard into the deck, then you can special in this card. So if every one of them has that effect. Yes, they all come back. Yeah, they all have that. Yep. So this guy's insane. Uh 3800 is also just like attack stats typically don't mean much, but for some reason dinosaurs have an incredibly high attack stat, and that is actually just relevant for dinosaurs. Like it yeah, they pass the bar. It's like oh, it's so high it finally matters. Yeah, like it's it's just so much attack that it's kind of a meme. <laughs> Bro, why is it thirty eight hundred? Like I, I don't quite get it, but but sure. Uh, is there another one? Interesting here? thing about this deck is that like all of them reference normal monsters, but the archetype doesn't actually have one. Not yet. Which is not normally they make one random new one that doesn't matter. It's not, interesting they're finally just being like, yeah, just use Frostosaurus. Who cares? We already yet. printed one before. Wait, Chris, just wait on it. Chris. Not yet. Not yet. What are they going to do? It's going to be a tuner. Oh, they're, God, it could be a tuner. Why do I even say that? It's going to be a tuner for one, because it's going to be searchable with the new card. The other thing that it's going to yeah. be is it's, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be an effect monster. Yeah. That says oh, it'll be a pendulum. A... Oh, it's going to be a pendulum. Wait, we have that. We have a dinosaur pendulum archetype already. 
It's gonna Ooh. it's gonna be an effect monster that says this card is treated as a normal monster. Yo, they can't do that. We already have Scout. We already have well, a whole what? line of those. Well, guess what? Yeah, they're uh, gonna do it they anyway. Made, they made a synchro called Transcendric uh, Graciosaurus, and this one is a twelve star synchro, one tuner plus non tuner monster, so completely generic, which is annoying. Uh, first effect can't be destroyed by battle. Flat out can't be destroyed by battle. But let me just ask people listening to this. Does it even fucking matter? This guy is 3,600 attack. So that is a rant. Mirror match. That is a rant. Can't be destroyed by battle. I guess you're right, though. Mirror match. Uh, so 3,600 attack. Can't be destroyed by battle. Second effect. Your opponent cannot target dinosaur monsters you control that were special summoned from the graveyard with card effects. Also, they cannot be destroyed <laughs> by your opponent's card effects. So just to clarify, your opponent can't target dinosaurs you control or special summoned from the graveyard with card effects, and they cannot be destroyed by your opponent's card effects. So no targeting and no destroying of my guys that come from the graveyard. And as we know, all of these fucking guys have an effect to summon them from the graveyard if they're ever destroyed. His third effect is actually just that. If this card is destroyed, you can shuffle one normal monster from your graveyard into the deck, special on this card, and then, yeah. So, this guy is actually kind of scary. Sure. Well, this thing is, I think it has the highest chance to just become a deck by itself. Like, someone's just going to have some deck that's not dinosaurs. It's going to be like, I made this one, and then I popped it, and then I shuffled a normal monster back, and I have a towers now. And it's like, oh... Because that's like a whole class of deck is like, I made a towers. Go ahead. That is a class of deck. It was uh, Adagnition. Adagnister does that Adagnister, yeah, yeah. Adagnister, yeah. Uh, all right, and the last one before we get out of here is Transcendrake Drill Gun Goddess or whatever. I, I'm not, I, these names are a rant. Anyway, this is an Exceeds monster. So they basically have like everything but a Pendulum so far. Uh, pendulum is coming, Chris. Just wait on it. But they have an Exceeds monster. Two level six monsters. He has three effects because God forbid they don't. Uh, you can only use one and three of this guy's effects per turn. So the one effect and the three effect, you can only use them once per turn. You can attach one material from this card, target one of your banished dinosaurs and special summon it to your field. So detach a material, summon a banished dinosaur. It doesn't say any restrictions on that, by the way. Just detach material, summon any banished dinosaur uh, to your field. Then the second effect is the battle damage to this card without exceeds material inflicts to your opponent uh, in a battle with a monster is doubled. Specifically, if it battles a monster while it does not have material, any battle damage it inflicts is doubled. His attack stat is 3,000. So it's an odd-eyes pendulum dragon in that regard. If it doesn't have materials, it doubles the damage if it battles the monsters. So that's actually really crazy. And mm. then it says, third effect, if this card is destroyed, you can return a normal monster from your graveyard to the deck special on this card. So they all have that comeback thing. But this guy... The reason why that's relevant is because if he if he's destroyed, he comes back. He won't have he won't have materials, and yeah. then he'll start inflicting double damage, and that's kind of obnoxious because he also if these monsters that oh yeah sorry no I was gonna say if he's if the synchro was next to him, he can't be targeted, he can't be destroyed, and he inflicts double damage, which is just like a rant. So he does quite a lot. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? Yeah, these monsters that say if this card has no materials is like a really cool design thing that they don't use they use it very rarely but like there's a lot of different ways to achieve that condition that are all very cool like there's a lot of creative ways to achieve that condition so i like when they put that line of text there was a period where they would print them that said uh like when this guy comes back it attaches from somewhere so that they can constantly keep the mechanic (laughs) of having materials but now they're saying fuck it if this card doesn't have materials let them do something now Almost yeah. like they upgrade once they don't have materials. Like here's here's additional things that they can do. Yeah, they they get rid of the baggage. They're like, I'm fucking carrying all this baggage yeah. around. I was wearing now an I armor do the real for, shit. I was wearing an armor to protect you, not me. That's right. So. Also, you guys mentioned 
Fraser said, don't worry, they're going to make a pendulum. If they do, remember, Konami needs to sell pendulum. So if they do, he'll say, like, <laughs> if something is blocking the pendulum zone, you play this card <laughs> oh, anyway, and then banish the card that was blocking it face down. Like It'll it'll, <laughs> it'll just bypass the whole cash tier thing? Yep. Yeah, I can see that ignorance. That That's the level of ignorance that they're on. Um, do you guys have any closing thoughts about this going into Vegas in two, uh, not even two weeks? You guys have less than two weeks. Yeah, I'm just so excited for the event. Other than like, this will Sarcasm? be my first time. No, no, no. I'm actually super excited. It sounded like you, when you said so excited. I thought yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, like, this will be my first time being 21 in Vegas. So that's going to be insane. Oh, Whoa. man. I kind of want to go now. Damn it. Yeah, you should come. Razor, you still can't. You still can. I know I can. I, I actually just can. Yeah. yeah, you can. You know? Um, and <laughs> just like a new format, man. It's so exciting. It's like the best part of the game. Like it Pokemon and Magic and stuff like that have rotations. But like for the bandless day, it's just so cool. I agree. Oh, yeah. same, uh, same thoughts for me. I'm so excited. Just yeah. to, uh, it's, The deck I play is going to be so funny. I'm so excited for how funny it's going to be. There's like, I have like a list. The list is the longest it's ever been for decks I'm considering. Mm. It, it goes from like A to Z with one in every letter, at least. Fish. Fish, yeah. Goaty Fish. Goaty Runic. That's what Dietrich just said. Pirelli, it is interesting. Because right. all the other games, or most of the other games, do set rotation. So you know what's going to be out of the format. Yep, Whereas exactly. like Bandless Day is like, you don't really, like you can guess, but you don't really know what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. No, it's funny. I was at Bluebell this past Sunday, like three days ago or whatever. And I was talking to Xavier. It was like round two of the tournament and I was X1, I think. And I told Xavier, like, I'm not out of the tournament yet, but I kind of want to just go home because I like, I know what's going to happen. Like, I was playing like a really cancerous going second Mikanko deck that just like lava golems them and summons two Mikankos and attacks it and they lose. Um, and like, I was just like, I kind of don't feel like playing Yu-Gi-Oh right now. And then he told me like, just have hope, Chris. Like, if you complain enough, it'll happen. I was like, I don't know. Man. I'm kind of <laughs> getting tired of this. And literally the next day in the morning, he messaged me like I was right. We're All right. Before we wrap this up, I just want to give a shout out to everyone on our Patreon. There are 46 people currently subscribed to the I'm Their Podcast on Patreon. So we really appreciate you. Uh, that is just crazy to me that this is still growing. And yeah, there's a lot of exclusive content on our Patreon, including videos of the podcast. But as well, we have uh, Master of People episodes that are nowhere else. We have two Masters episodes that are nowhere else but on our Patreon. And there's certain other clips and stuff that are literally just Patreon exclusive. So if you're interested in that type of content, uh, check out our Patreon. I'm their podcast. Look it up. And to start off, we have our very first patron, Connie, then Austin, Leon, Quest, Garrett, Xavier, Hylian, Dimitri Barnes, Vinny Casello, Giovanni Avalos, Alex Flamer, Amir Reynolds, CJ, Dubkdad1, Dan Varable, First to Home, Dalos Fernares, Estatacuma, Mitchell Nels, Midwest Gaming. Shout out to you, Joe. Uh, Dimitri Severis, Vince Marquette, Dallas Bailey, Roz Weiss, Nick Stango, Hansu, our two-time national champion, Vincent Zen, Sarah Maria, Sunny Top Cup Podcast, Alex Ahern, Philip Campa, Jalen Haskins, Arale Melfi Slump, Arale Melfi Slump, there you go, Chris Lynn, shout out to you, Chris, <laughs> Jeff Luang, Wookiee159, Connor LK, MSW2389, Edison Club, Kyle Batoho, Brandon Moore, Sugal, Nick, Eric, Poke Champ twelve thirty four and Corey Fowler, thank you guys so much for joining the I Am Their Podcast Patreon again. Thank you. We really appreciate it, uh, guys. Do you want to give a shout out to anything before we get out of here, Chris and Joe? Uh, big game home video on YouTube. What is it? I forgot yeah. to last time. Big game home video on YouTube. Big game. My friend's okay. he makes oh, funny I wanna, videos. I want to say real quick for Chris, man. I, we've already talked about it, but. Just double shout out to to your game and the fucking oh yeah the amount of success it had on Kickstarter that was awesome yeah 
Chris, we're gonna have to bring you back. It's to really talk something. about just that. The fact that you started a Kickstarter oh, that got oh, like no. seventy thousand dollars. I mean, I didn't start it, right? That that's that's that is credit all almost all credit to publisher for that for that okay, stuff. Well, Actually, pretty much all of it. It is a game that you literally created, though. So yeah, we yeah. we haven't found out if I did a good job yet. We find that out when the game ship and people start reviewing it, <laughs> well, and then we find out if I did a good job. You had a successful but, Kickstarter that was like actually. Yeah. Did 70k or some crazy number in a weekend? 195. Oh, excuse the fuck out of That's me! Insane. I only saw it when it was at 70k, and you only were asking yeah, for like 20. Yeah, mm-hmm. Fraser was like, he told me about the Kickstarter, and he was like, he was like, I want to back it. I was like, yeah, let's back it. And he's like, what tier do you want to back it at? I was like, the highest one. <laughs> yeah, Kenny, it was Kenny blatantly who said, let's go all the way to the highest tier, which was I think like 140 bucks. So truly appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. But thank you so much, uh, Chris, for coming on. Uh, Joe, do you have anything that you want to shout out? Anybody you want to shout out? Anything? Uh, my friend Julian, he's a big fan of the podcast. We talk about the podcast when I thank come you. to visit Chicago. Shout out, Julian. And uh, yeah, I guess my Chicago locals too, Emporium TCG. Nice. All right, guys. Thank you so much for doing these bandless episodes with us. I actually really enjoy the chemistry that we... We have really good chemistry, I feel like, now. Like we've been yeah, doing this a lot. Yeah, it's fun. I look forward to it. Yeah, it's so fun. Me too. Me <laughs> yeah, too. I messaged Joe yesterday when the bandless came out, and we were talking. At first, he was just talking normal. Then he was like, "Oh shit, do we need to record?" And I was like, yeah. <laughs> "I was like, yeah, we do." He he kind of it was like a light bulb moment. Like at first, he was talking normal, and then he was like, "Oh shit, awesome. wait, we need to record, don't we?" And I was like, "Yeah, we do." So yeah, I I, I really like our little group for these episodes. This is, this is fun. Of course. All right, guys. As always, say do things that make you happy. We will catch you in the next one. Peace out. Peace out. Thank you.